A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. He spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and smeared the clay on his eyes and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back able to see. His neighbors and those who had seen him earlier as a beggar said, isn't this the one who used to sit and beg? Some said it is, but others said, no, he just looks like him. He said, I am. They brought the one who was once blind to the Pharisees. Now Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes on the Sabbath. So then the Pharisees also asked him how he was able to see. He said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and now I see. So some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a sinful man do such things? And there was a division among them. So they said to the blind man again, what do you have to say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. They answered and said to him, you were born totally in sin and are you trying to teach us? Then they threw him out. When Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, he found him and said, do you believe in the son of man? He answered and said, who is he, sir? that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, you have seen him and the one speaking with you is he. He said, I do believe Lord, and he worshiped him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What do I need to leave behind? That's the Lenten theme that we continue to reflect on during this season of Lent. And as we enter into the liturgy of this Sunday, this Sunday that's focused on praise, Laudete Sunday. In Advent, you have Gaudete Sunday, which means joy, loud to loud God. Lauds, in that sense, is praise. So this Sunday of praise, as we continue our journey during Lent, an invitation for this Sunday as we open our hearts the eyes of our hearts and our ears of our heart to the living word of God speaking to us in the today of our life, an invitation to reflect on would be this. March Madness. You get a little chuckle out of that, March Madness, but I got another idea in mind than, than the March Madness where you kind of race off to March Madness, right? Peacock's playing right now. Don't get too distracted. Just pray for him. You're a Chapel Hill fan, you're praying for Chapel Hill. March Madness. You know, I was watching last night, I was watching uh, Villanova, caught a little Villanova game, and uh, at the end of it, what was really touching, that when I go to these different sporting events, whether, whether middle school, high school, Little League, it doesn't matter, just kind of lock on to the athletes and just all the body language that you get on any kind of field of play or the coaches on the sideline I observe and you can just read everything through a face and even through lips you know you can either be good or not good 
And what I noticed at the end of the interview, there was this, the coach, you could just see through the body language that he really, truly, profoundly cared for that player. The way he looked at him, the way he spoke to him right before the big interview. And the way he kind of welled up in tears, you could see that that, that kind of attitude, that coach, that, that little flicker of light, that little flack, flicker of natural, real light in the midst of a huge stadium full of artificial light that you find in a stadium. It's artificial light. But that real glimmer of light through that embrace with that player, followed by the player's response as soon as we interviewed. He literally said, Praise be to God. Praise be to Jesus. He didn't have to start with that. But you see, that's a little flicker of light. And yet if we can, as we are called to live as children of the light, as St. Paul says, if, if we can give those flickers of light, not only in what we say, but in what we do, in our actions, it's got a big impact in the world. So that was a little flicker of light, of real light amidst artificial light, in March Madness. But the March Madness that I'm speaking about is the March Madness that we witness in the liturgy word today. I'm talking about the madness that when we look at Saul, not Saul, but Samuel coming out, right? And Samuel wanted to bless one of Jesse's kids, and he got all caught up in all the externals of one of them and said, no, that's not him. And God told him there's somebody else, and it was the youngest that he brought out, right? Just kind of that madness of Wait, let's wait until the feast begins. Before he arrives, we'll anoint him. You know, we all know that was David. Little shepherd boy. But David prefigures Jesus. We don't, we don't feast. We don't have this moment until Jesus arrives. Jesus in his living word of, living word of God, speaking to us in the today of life, his life and our life. And also Jesus, where we participate actively in this mass, in every mass, in his offering, self-offering once and for all. It's that type of madness that we're talking about in March. The type of madness that St. Paul speaks about. The madness that he was encouraging those first Christians to. Always live and walk as children of the light. The type of madness that when he spoke about, you know, we only preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But it's a Christ crucified. So madly that he who is true God and true man, in which his divinity was concealed in his humanity, mounts a cross. And it's not the nails that kept him on there, it was not the chains that kept him to the pillar when he was scourged. It was his love for you and me, that level of madness. And we see that madness reflected in the gospel today. The madness of a God who created the man who was born blind. Who the Pharisees and Sadducees and leaders said, you're blind because you sinned or your father sinned. And there is in the presence of the temple, the son of the living God who was there in the beginning when that person was conceived in his mother's womb. As Jeremiah says, each and every one of us and not only us but every single human being ever conceived in their womb from the beginning of time to the end. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse, verse 5. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. A prophet to the nations, I appointed you. And there was the son of the living God, 
Jesus himself, the light of the world, choosing to conceal his divinity within our humanity that he assumed to save us. It's madness. And when I say madness, it's madness madly in love with the humanity he created. And so this Jesus is standing in the temple and he sees the man born blind. And what does he do? Something's kind of gross. If you're listening to the beginning of the gospel, it's pretty gross to take some dust or whatever and spit in it. Why do you have to do that? That's kind of nasty. Well, in the time of our Lord, the religious leaders at the time were kind of wrestling with the fact that, hold up, and we celebrated every Ash Wednesday, remember that you are dust, and unto dust you shall become. How does he form anybody out of dust? Try to do, y'all know what I'm talking about? You, you've messed with Play-Doh, right? You know how Play-Doh works, right? You know Play-Doh. The little one's like, yeah, I know Play-Doh. Play-Doh, you can kind of work with it. You can't work with dust. So Jesus, the creator, it was said in the time of Jesus that God used his saliva and mixed it with the dust in order to shape the dust before me. So when Jesus spit into the mud, the religious leader must you think you're God. That idea of him being playing God, spitting in the dust, because he comes out, well, he formed mud and he put mud in my eyes. And Jesus took his creation, the dust, the mud, and everything, shaped it and created his sight anew. Created his sight anew. March Madness. I was watching a game few before the Sweet 16, and it was one of the teams in the Southeast. I don't want to mention the, the team because of the personal situation of the story. But I saw one person running on the court, and I said, that last name looks familiar. So I did what we all do when we see something familiar, right? We just kind of Google it. So I Googled it. And I found out it really was familiar. It was the nephew of a gentleman that I played in basketball in high school. Now, I'm not here to talk about my basketball skills because that is definitely humbling. I wasn't even good in basketball. I mean, I love basketball. But this guy, like, slam dunked over me, you know? He went on, he played at UGA, played, played basketball there, was a star, went on to the NBA, went from the NBA, finished five years in the NBA, which a lot of times we can... We can have these dreams and we can put so much of our life in this. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. If Jesus is so much a part of that. If our relationship with the Lord is at the center of that. So he goes on to Georgia, then on to the NBA. After the NBA, five years or so, goes on and becomes a med student. Then he becomes a doctor. And then at the age of 40, when he was playing basketball with family, just pickup game, he had a heart attack and he passed. I just read about that in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in just doing a Google. I was like, man, really? I looked up to him, high school playing and this and that and that. And I never really got to know him because he was another high school. But then it raced over my heart 
And I hope it's so, and I believe it's so, because he really was one of those guys you play against that wasn't like it was all about him. He was a teammate and everything. But it just kind of raced my heart. I was like, did he know Jesus? Did he know Jesus? I don't know. But if you hit all those gates of accomplishment, those are good. If you win the national title this year, someone's going to win it. There's going to be a Final Four, and someone's going to win it. And guess what? They're going to win it again. want to win it again. Coach K, whether you're a Duke fan or not, he's stepping into his 13th Final Four. Yet they don't always catch it on TV when Coach K goes walking off and he does one of these. He's Catholic. But you can also tell in the way that he loves his athletes. I'm not saying people are perfect. But I'm just saying, did this person that I know know Jesus? I don't know. I know he's encountered Jesus now as he's passed from this life to the next. So here's my invitation for you and for me. And it's, it's more, let's imagine this week how you and I might see the world. How we might see the world and above all, see the members of our family, our domestic church, first and foremost and serve them. See the people that we work with at work, that we encounter, even the most difficult person that we work with. See the people that we encounter at school, as we walk the halls, or in our neighborhoods. If you and I were to just take upon us this simple, spontaneous prayer. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. I want to see you in the today of my life. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. What do I need to leave behind to better open the eyes of my heart, Lord, to you? I want to see you. So that we too, like the man born blind, we can say, I believe. And we too can worship. We don't have to wait till tonight to do that. We don't have to wait till tomorrow to do that. We can do that right now. We can do that right now. What am I willing to do tonight to worship? What am I willing to do tonight to bring it? We don't have a problem bringing it at an MLS game. We don't have a problem bringing it at a Final Four basketball game. We don't have a problem bringing it, but let's bring our worship. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to read the words on the screen and to open your heart to the Lord and sing. God gave you your voice. Give it back to him. Do not be afraid to let your amen at the great amen after the doxology, doxology, which means doxa means glory, through him, with him, and in him. Sing it. Amen. Let us truly believe and worship. What do I need to leave behind now? Whatever it is, the gifts are brought up, put it on the altar. 
Now, as I will pray in my heart, I invite you to do the same in your own. Open. Ephatha, Jesus said. Ephatha, open. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you.